Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. You're looking forward to a quiet evening at home by yourself. You're getting into your comfy clothes with a night of relaxation, maybe some TV in front of you. Sounds great, right? Suddenly, there's a pounding at your door. Before you can answer, it flies open. Cops swarm the place. Guns are drawn and pointed right at you. And you're being handcuffed, naked, without explanation or even the chance to grab a robe or something to cover yourself. But you're not a criminal. You don't know anyone involved in any crimes. The police have the wrong house. They eventually leave, but the trauma and humiliation stay with you. That's the story of one Chicago woman. CBS 2's Dave Savini brought that story to light, and he's uncovered more than 50 other so-called wrong raids executed by the CPD over the last several years. Dave Savini joins us now with the details. Dave, welcome back to Reset. It's really great to be here, and uh, when, you, when you say it, as you described what happened, it's just chilling. You know, It, it is really chilling, is. And, and it was so hard for me, I'll tell you, Dave, to, to watch your story. But, uh, you know, I gave that little recap, but why don't you give us the full story? What did I miss? Who is Anjanette Young, and what happened to her in February of, of 2019? Anjanette Young is a social worker. She just got off work at the hospital, and um, she works with trauma victims. And she didn't know when she headed home that night, she was about to become a trauma victim herself. And what happened was, is she was getting undressed like she would do on a Thursday night. She was getting ready to watch her Thursday night shows. And um, she had taken off her work clothes and she was about to put her PJs on when the door burst open. Twelve men surround her with high-powered rifles and handguns and cuff her. She's completely naked. Wow, there were 12 and, and of them. Yeah. There were 12 of them, nine body cameras. Uh, Not all of them apparently had body cameras, but nine of them did. And she was in a room full of men uh, with no clothes on. And, you know, the hard part about this to to really, for me, this one hit hard. And I've done so many of these cases now over two years. The series is called Unwarranted. Typically, I see a family uh, with children having guns pointed at them. And, you know, these are all innocent families that I've been focusing on where it's the wrong home where police just took the word of a confidential informant or a John Doe and didn't independently verify the information and burst through and ended up in an innocent person's home. And so in her case, she was completely innocent. But the part that hit me hard was that the humiliation and the, um, just the, the being treated less than human in front of all of these people. And you see these police officers standing around, just looking at her and talking to her like... Well, well, when like, they burst in, I mean, she was kind of right near her apartment doorway, right? And she was she was not too far from, from the entrance. So it's clear to see right off the bat that, okay, this woman has no clothes on. And no one moves to get her something to get covered for quite some time. Properly covered. I mean, an officer cuffs her right. first and then puts a half coat, like a half jacket on her, and it just covers her shoulders. Right. Now her it's hands still are wide open. behind her. Right. Her hands are cuffed behind her back and she's fully exposed. And they're just talking to her like, I mean, like they're in the right. They haven't shown her the warrant and they're accusing her and searching her home. You're guilty first and innocent later. You have to be proven innocent on a raid. The Fourth Amendment 
you know, I was talking about, I was, I, I got ahead of myself because this was a story the other night where both the first amendment and the fourth amendment came together. The city, the city tried to block us from, from, from airing this video Monday night at 10. Um, they, they tried to get an emergency court order to stop us because it was so bad. And we had to fight it. And we had to fight that court order. Well, we're going to talk a bit more about that. I want to give folks a chance, like, who haven't seen this, to to hear it. Now, it's going to be a little bit hard to listen to, but let's hear a bit of what happened that night back in February of 2019. It comes from the body cam footage that Anjanette Young fought, like Dave just said, to make public. That's, it's so that's hard. heartbreaking. It's hard to. It's. Hard. I, I told you it was. It was hard for me to. Li- I was stopped in my tracks, just like shocked. You can hear the distress in Anjanette Young's voice. Yeah. What does she I, have to say I, about all this? She's reduced at that moment. I, I, I've gotten to know Anjanette Young. I, I've been working on her case for oh about fifteen months now, and I interviewed her a year ago. We started putting FOIAs out, freedom of information requests, and we kept getting denied. Um, Anjanette is a fighter. And she's doing this for other people. And she's doing this for cases that have made big headlines and like Breonna Taylor and some of these other raids that we've exposed where there were children involved and they're going through these traumas. I think because of her training as a clinical social worker, she's able to process some of this, but it's, it's never easy when it happens to you. And Anjanette Young is trying to I think find a role in this right now and to, to make a positive out of this, this experience so that she can maybe get some change, you know, get the police to actually really follow up on these so-called policy changes that they started to introduce this year after the series exposed repeated failures in the search warrant process. Um, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think she thinks we're there yet, you know, and, and why couldn't she have this video? It's her home. It's her body. And she was innocent. They apologized before they leave. It took 20 minutes. You know, she was in cuffs for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, It doesn't seem right in our world today. It doesn't seem right. Dave, talk a bit more about the lengths that CPD has gone to to keep this video from coming out. When it's a video that they want to put out, they put it out. Um, So they'll put body camera footage out when they want to. But when they don't want to, they'll fight you tooth and nail. We've gotten several of the cases uh, turned over to us, some body camera, but it took a lot of fighting. Uh, usually a court order is involved. In this case, the video surfaced because the, the city was ordered to turn it over in a federal case. There was a protective order on the video. Uh, the case was dismissed from federal court voluntarily by her attorney, and he's refiling in state court. You've you got to understand the, the policy here is that uh, the, the standard operating procedure for the city is they fight every wrong raid and claim they file a motion to get it dismissed to say that, oh, the address was right on the warrant. Right. Well, the address might be right, but it wasn't right. It wasn't the right information. So they were going to do this, and they, they, they weren't happy with the judge that they had in the case. So they withdrew it. They made a decision to um, you know make this video public, and 
the city tried to stop that at the last minute, last uh, Monday night, and actually got a judge on call and filed a motion to stop CBS from, from airing the footage. Well, we did. We fought. We fought it, and the judge denied the city's motion. So that was a victory for CBS and a victory for, you know, at least our ability to try to put some transparency on the issue. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the city's definitely not being transparent. And, and you mentioned this in the story, but it, it turns out the officers that were involved, they, they could have actually easily found the suspect that they were looking for, right? Tell us about that mix-up. So this is where it gets even more egregious. You know, this is where you, you shake your head and you say, what are we paying you guys to do? Are, are you here to, to serve and protect our people or to break down doors and terrorize people? And here's where I'm getting at. The informant told them it was a 23-year-old felon with a handgun and ammunition, and that's how they got the warrant. The guy did not live there. It took us a few, a few minutes of just just routine background checking of court records, and we found the guy they were looking for was wearing a tracking device on his ankle. He was being confined to another unit in the apartment building wow. that she lived in, and he, you know, he's on electronic monitoring. And so he he's right there. He was right, he was right was it, there and could have easily been found. Wow. He was in the unit next door and probably heard the raid happening. If he was that big of a deal that they wanted to go get, why didn't they go back and get a real warrant for him, the right one? He never got arrested after that. Uh, they never went back and got him. So what's been the reaction, Dave? You know, what's been the reaction of the top brass, of, of the mayor? Okay, so that's a good question. The superintendent is not speaking to us about it. He did say when he first arrived that he was, he thought journalism was important, and that he he uh, he, he was very happy to tell us how much he, he he liked our series on wrong raids and how it can lead to change. But I haven't seen anything. Uh, won't do any interviews anymore. The mayor kind of surprised me because she was an advocate of of getting the system changed when she first got in. She actually talked about our wrong raid series when she was on. Uh, running for election. And she pushed to have policies put in place in January, and they did get them put in place. But I don't understand why she allowed her law department to do this, to try to stop this video from being aired, to try to stop the victim from having her moment to, to show this. You know, it's been 22 months since the raid and not a single officer we're told not a single officer has been disciplined. This is a problem. And this is where we come, you know, if you're not, if you don't learn, if you're not disciplined, you just, what's stopping you from doing it again? So what's next, Dave? What are the questions that are still hanging out there that the public needs to get answers to? Well, we have a long way to go. We have more cases we're examining. There's probably a good 20 cases in the pipeline right now that are, are going through the court system. Taxpayers are spending just as much money on legal fees to uh, pay for the attorneys to represent the police officers and to represent the city um, than they are in some of the settlements. I mean, they spend more money to fight these cases than they do to pay the victims. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know where that's going to go, but we believe that there needs to be a complete overhaul of the search warrant approval process. Uh, we found police officers were judge shopping. They were looking for judges who would sign warrants at ease. 
Um, you know, there were a couple of Chicago police officers that were indicted recently right. for getting phony, you know, fake warrants based on bad information to go rob people. And they had particular judges that they sought out. So we've done a bunch of database reporting on this. And what I think we're, we're, we're seeing is they need to be auditing themselves. They need to be finding out which officers are involved with the most negative raids, the raids where they always come up empty. Take a look at that. See which officers need to be retrained. Yeah. Dave Savini is an investigative reporter for CBS2 News. So much good work there, Dave. Thanks for your time. Oh, thank you so much. And that's today's Reset. For more conversations like this one, go to our archives at wbez.org slash reset. And make sure you hit the subscribe button for this podcast. We come to you Monday through Friday and even toss you bonus pods over the weekend. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for spending some time with us today. And we'll meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.